0: Hello Masterplan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Masterplan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. This week we're exploring fashion pre-sales. So let me introduce you to today's special guest. Amanda Curtis is the CEO and co-founder of 19th Amendment, and she's recently been named in Forbes 30 Under 30 in retail and e-commerce. 19th Amendment is an online-only boutique introducing new designers to the world. They've been live for almost 12 months, but the tech took about 18 months before that to build and test, so this is quite a complex operation. And they're currently working with over 400 designers from 29 different countries. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Chloe. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. No, it's great to have you on the podcast. Um, I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are now. So how did you get started off in e-commerce?
1: Oh, I think it goes back to getting started off in the fashion industry. I grew up in it. I saw fashion move from retail to online e-commerce. Firsthand, I was a designer. I've worked in uh, marketing. I've just kind of seen how everything has transitioned to online um, and saw the need to create a space for the independent designer in the e-commerce world. There really wasn't a marketplace for shopping independent designers before 19th Amendment.
0: I know that there certainly has been because um, one of the reasons I, I was really keen to get you on the podcast is because I was at um, a kind of like a, a dining event in London um, a couple mm-hmm. of months back called Table Crowd and got chatting to a guy who's a lawyer of all things working in in line with some of the fashion houses or the fashion schools in the UK
1: and was mm-hmm. like, "How?
0: what do I advise the young designers <laughs> to do? Because the investors want this and they need to have like a web profile and yeah it's you know how do you how does one designer create one website and make it big with that it's it's a nightmare
1: you can and that's only half the problem then how do you drive traffic to that website and how do you manage that website it's it is just an upward battle and there wasn't one place for the shopper either so shopping one independent designer was also very difficult so we've connected the two groups in a lot of ways by creating this um this marketplace where you can shop independent designers and where designers can have their you know own space within a marketplace to showcase their brand but get the benefits of having a collective e-commerce site
0: now any marketplace is um is a complex thing to build so i'm guessing you've gone down the bespoke route with your platform we did and that that's what took the 18 months to put together
1: (laughs) Yes, it was a well well worth it venture. Um, but all of our technology is custom built. And that's because we do all the manufacturing on behalf of our designers. So we needed to create really a full ecosystem that integrated both our manufacturing, production, lifecycle management software with our consumer facing retail e-commerce software.
0: So it's basically that the, the tech is running the entire business for you? Correct. Wow. And that's an awful lot of effort and work to put in on an idea. So how confident were you as you went through these 18 months <laughs> that it was all going to come good?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I will think that's like just the entrepreneurial spirit of being <laughs> overly optimistic. But we were incredibly ambitious, but ambitious for a reason. No one had created a marketplace with a manufacturing solution also built in. Um, in essence, we've created an entire retail ecosystem that's full stack. And the reason we did that is because we saw other marketplaces kind of pop up where a designer could showcase or a designer could um, sell, but it doesn't solve all the issues that these independent brands face and even larger brands face around scaling. So we knew that if we could build out the manufacturing and build out a place where they could sell and sell with a business model that didn't put all the risk inherently on these emerging brands, then we as a company could be much more profitable and impactful overall. So it's been quite the mission. But where we are today, um, you know, we've proved out everything on the technology end and on the business model end. So I think it was well worth the journey.
0: It, It is one of those things, one of those crazy industries where someone's great at designing clothes and all of a sudden they, they come out of the, you know, the hothouse or the school or whatever it is they've been through. And they're expected to know how to get that produced, <laughs> you know, right. how, how to source it, where to find the manpower and all the rest of it to create the product and then how to
1: sell it. It's, it's crazy. Right. And, and you know, no one should have to, no one can do that, A, by themselves. Um, the resources aren't necessarily there. If they are, they're scattered. And, you know, designers are really good at designing and, um, you know, marketing and selling their brand, but they're not necessarily all the time the best at manufacturing or business. And we're just giving them the tools that they need in order to succeed.
0: Uh, Exactly. It's definitely a concentrate on the thing you're best at. Mm-hmm. and enable people to do that isn't it so um yes. you you've gone for that bespoke platform but are there any kind of standardized widgets or plugins you've added maybe around merchandising or reviews or anything or is the it really thing, bespoke
1: the only thing that we do not handle is payment processing for obvious reasons so we use stripe on our payment processing side
0: wow and the rest is all bespoke that's so cool yes. um and such so such belief to get there so you're you're in um, New York aren't you so whereabouts do you sell to are you us only or are you broader than that?
1: no we have we sell all over the world um, it's free shipping within the US but we can ship anywhere um, we have shipped to I believe over five countries at this point um, so we really want to create this global marketplace. We have a global base of designers. So we want to eventually be exporting goods that are made in the U.S. to other marketplaces. And then at some point, export our manufacturing to different global hubs so that we've created a truly um, global marketplace and localized manufacturing system.
0: Excellent. Uh, so so, you, so anyone who's listening to this, wherever they're in the world, can go on and take a look at your products right now and get them shipped. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Um, so what's the team like? How many
1: of you are there making
0: this so, work? Believe it
1: or not, we are only six people. Um, so we're a very small but scrappy team, uh, very dedicated uh, individuals who are just you know, powering through absolutely every day to push a little bit further and make this industry better. Um, we have a fully dedicated tech team in-house. Everyone is in New York City.
0: So you've got that tech bit in-house. I'm guessing there's an awful lot of networking and relationship work that's done in-house, but the the manufacturing's
1: outsourced? The manufacturing is outsourced. We have great manufacturing partners. They're all located in the U.S. as of right now. Um, A majority are located in New York's garment district.
0: Oh, cool. So some of them you can kind of hop down the road and go (laughs) and say hello to.
1: (laughs) We do. We do all of our quality control. Um, We're very transparent about our manufacturing process, making sure that everything is done well um, and ethically. And that's important to us, our designers and our customers. So it's clearly
0: you've got to quite an amazing, amazing place only, what, two and a half years into the business. But what do you think right now is the most awesome thing about 19th Amendment?
1: Oh, I think how quickly we've grown. Um, We are currently in a partnership with Macy's Inc., which is one of the largest retailers in the world. And the fact that they're partnering with us at such a young age um, as a company is I think, a huge indicator of our potential impact and where we're going as a company. And the fact that we have so many designers organically coming to us shows that there's such a need and that consumers are slowly finding out about us, even when we're not spending on traditional marketing campaigns. I think that's a huge validator. So we're super excited about you know the next 18 months and what that means for 19th Amendment.
0: Because it's it's one of those interesting things about the marketplace model, and I I come across as I think anyone who networks in the world of e commerce does. You come across so many people who are like, oh yeah, I've got this great idea for a marketplace. So I'm going to be the next Amazon, and you're like, well, you know, what's your what's your marketing plan? Well, right. I'm just going yeah. to go around the shops. So I'm going to ask them all to upload all their products, and then people will buy it. <laughs> like. It's it's the ultimate chicken and egg business it problem is. because you need the designers before you can get the customers. You need the customers before you get the designers. So did you have kind of a strategy if you'd focus on one versus the mm-hmm. other or, you know, did you go after kind of both of those on day one?
1: Um, I mean, we always had a really great press on the consumer side because we were doing something so different and unique and radical in a lot of ways. Um, but we ultimately went after the designers first. So we built all the technology for the designers first so that we knew that we could scale because we knew that if the press was picking up and consumers were interested in what we were doing, once we had the product ready, we could quickly, um, push that to market. But we needed to focus on the designers and making sure that that manufacturing backend system really worked to the best of its ability. So that's, that was kind of our strategy, but It's always a little bit of going in tandem, especially as a startup, because you have to show validation on both sides, especially when you're raising and talking to investors, because otherwise, it's not truly um, that two-sided marketplace that you want to build.
0: Yeah, and I I guess in some ways, your business model, the pre-sale business model helps out a little bit on getting those products, the designers on board early Mm -hmm. on, because that that pre-sale model is that The products are listed and they only go into production if enough people want to buy them.
1: Correct. So we don't hold any inventory, which is a huge selling point. Um, It's a very lean, lean company. We take the risk off the designer. Um, You know, we're very capital efficient on our end. We do produce every single garment that is made. So you don't have to reach a threshold.
0: All right. So if someone just orders one of an item it will be Mm -hmm. produced.
1: It will be. And that's because we partner with sample houses as well as large scale manufacturers. Um, so we're able to do everything.
0: Excellent. So it really is, you know, even if it's the most out there designer, they don't have to get 10 people who want that in
1: size eight. Correct. Correct. So we just want to show the validation, um, even by one consumer, and you know, make that consumer happy if they're willing to take a chance on an des- unknown designer and really love a piece. Um, we want to make sure that we make that come to life. Excellent. So um,
0: what's on your radar, your to-do list at the moment? Because <laughs> you, you mentioned you've got some really exciting times coming up. What's, what's the big things?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. So on Friday, February 12th and Saturday, February 13th, we will actually be debuting our Omnichannel experience. Um, oh, wow. it's fashion week here, and we will be showcasing and launching four new designer collections at Macy's Herald Square on the fourth floor. It's the first ever public and shoppable fashion week event. So we're super excited about that. Um, consumers can come in, they can try on the designer clothing, they could place an order through pre-order um, right there, they can meet the designer. Everyone who is not in New York can also have a very similar experience on 19thamendment.com. They can meet the designers, see the inspiration, see the clothing and purchase as well. So it's very exciting for us and um, a lot of work, but it's something that's never been done before. And we're thrilled for our designers. They're just beyond themselves right now.
0: Oh, they must be, you know, just like the cat that got the cream. Not only am I part of New York Fashion Week, not only is it going to be open to the public, as well as all the PR in the world, but mm-hmm. also I might take money right there and then.
1: <laughs> Crazy, right?
0: <laughs> it's amazing. So, I mean, I'm sure it's going to work really, really well. As Is part of the go- global strategy then to do that in other places around the world? So maybe, I don't know, okay. Harvey Nichols in London or something.
1: One hundred percent. We, along with everything else that we do, we believe in stories over seasons. So we think that the, cal- the fashion calendar is passé, that consumers want things quickly. We launch a new designer collection every week, at least one. Um, so this is a model, you know, we'll take our learnings from New York and, you know, bring to our designers around the world and allow people to have that very connected trunk show experience and shop fashion on a much more consistent schedule that competes with fast fashion but is ethically done. We call it smart fashion.
0: Excellent. And you mentioned earlier about the value of PR and obviously you know, mm-hmm. there's this amazing event you're doing so people can get the product and get it quickly. Is is that the reason you went for the pre-sale model rather than just a normal boutique? It was that about generating the PR or were there other reasons towards going down that that route?
1: No, um, going the pre-sale route was just a smarter way of looking at retail, um, holding inventory. We didn't want to hold it and then have to mark down on the designer that hurts their brand. Um, and it hurts us as a business. We have to be capital efficient. We started the company on $10,000, um, from a prize that we won. So, being very scrappy and bootstrapping or we like to call stiletto strapping is inherent (laughs) to our business model overall. And, you know, if the consumer truly loves the product, then purchasing ahead of time shouldn't be such an issue. Um, It also means that we are one of the most sustainable fashion companies because we actually don't produce until something is made. Um, So it just, it wasn't for us something that wasn't even a question of should we do this or should we not and shoppers are willing to wait that's what we found even if we have you know a slight delay on a product they understand because it's being made just for them it's not throwaway fashion it's fashion you keep in your closet as a piece of you know fashion history and then pass down
0: and it, they're very much statement pieces and I, I'm guessing your, your audience are very much the fashionistas who want to be different to everybody else they want that item of difference and therefore they're willing to, me- to wait for it.
1: Yeah, I think it's that and they connect with our designers. It's more personal um, and it is about difference. We call ourselves 19th Amendment because the 19th Amendment gave everyone a voice in the democratic process. And we want to give everyone a voice in, in fashion. It's the easiest way to communicate and the fastest way to communicate. So you should be saying something unique and different.
0: So how have you gone about getting the, those consumers that become your members to the website? What's What's been your kind of go-to marketing methods?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so when we vet our designers, we make sure that they have a following of a certain threshold. We want to make sure that they can market and hustle, which is part of you know, being a designer. So they're bringing an audience to the marketplace. We do our own Um, marketing efforts we do a very small amount of um, paid advertising or traditional media we also have kind of interesting unique um, initiatives such as what we call 19th and 7th so if you're familiar with humans of new york it's like the fashion version of humans of new york so we find interesting people who are doing something unique and we invite them in to take Um, some of the sample garments, we keep them all in house in New York and we give them a photo shoot and a blog post. So they have an opportunity to talk about what they're doing and say what they're doing through the clothing. And that's been a great way to tap into different, um, different markets and niches and um, showcase the designers pieces, but also do it in a very authentic way, which I think is very core to our messaging and our values. I like the way that kind of
0: the way you set everything up and the way you're doing everything and the marketing it's it's all about kind of the designer and the vision first, and then you're leveraging that to create the noise to bring in the right types of people. It's not just here's some pictures of great people who happen to be in New York and their story here's great people who happen to be in New York and their story and they're in this fashion and that's how it links it with the designer and these pieces and, and it really is quite a, an all-encompassing model.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's I uh, think we want to have a little bit more um, meaning behind everything that we do because what we're doing is so unique and it's so different that we can't just put up you know, pictures of pretty dresses and say here purchase. There has to be <laughs> there has to be um, some purpose behind it.
0: Excellent. Okay, cool. I think we should move on to the top tips round now. And sure. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So we're gonna start off with the book top tip. Amanda if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better which book would you recommend to them
1: I would recommend Delivering Happiness it's the Zappos book by Tony Hsieh. Um it is just a really good way to look at your customers and what you're offering them it's not necessarily what you're, you're not necessarily offering product you're offering an experience Um, something intangible as well as tangible
0: it's such a good book and one I have to say I think everyone in e-commerce should almost be tied down and made to read
1: (laughs) (laughs) because it's absolutely
0: such such clear advice and such obvious advice and so well explained Um, okay before I just rave about delivering happiness for the next 10 minutes let's move on Um, the traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves
1: Ooh, So traditional press. This is something that completely surprised us as an e-commerce company, but traditional newspapers and magazines have gotten us actual traffic and conversion unlike any other um, platform. So I wouldn't write off the traditional press.
0: I'm such a, um, a believer in marketing online businesses offline so mm-hmm. I'm very glad you brought that <laughs> one up and And that's literally um, editorial content not advertising or is that advertising and editorial content you've been using
1: it's both oh I'm sorry no it's not advertising it's so just editorial
0: pure editorial excellent yeah. Um, the tool top tip next then uh, maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day
1: Um, we use Trello and Asana interchangeably Um, I like Trello because it's very visual and it's task management Um, and then for larger projects we use Asana and that just keeps us all together on the same page.
0: I say I'm a fan of both of those too. <laughs> Although we, we tend to, because we're not that visual, so we tend to mainly end up on Asana, but, yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're both good. Um, okay, so startup top tip then. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e commerce business, what would be your first tip for them?
1: Ooh. Um, I would say make sure there's an actual need for what they're building. There's so many e commerce sites and marketplaces so validating offline or making an mvp a minimal viable product to show that there is a need for what you're building because a lot of work goes into creating an e-commerce platform but you can't just build it and hope that they'll come
0: yeah so so what did if i'm allowed if you don't mind answering what did you guys do to validate before you invested those 18 months of labor in um putting it all together
1: um, so we had to sign up web page, a coming soon web page. The first thing that we actually ever did, I think maybe three days after I had the concept for starting 19th amendment was go on Facebook and, um, put up two. I was a fashion designer at the time, put up two, um, dresses that I was working on and saying, you know, which one would you purchase if I make this and would you wait? So it was a lot of just validation, um, around the consumer end. I already kind of knew the designer. We went off and did our own interviews for that, but making sure that the consumer actually wanted the product was our biggest um, thing that we wanted to check off the list first.
0: That the, the consumer wanted that ability to get in first, was willing to wait for the delivery. Correct, and, and it. wanted it made just for them. Excellent, and obviously the answers were yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> exactly. So um, Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 52. And Amanda, I've got one last top tips question for you, Mm -hmm. which is, if your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running?
1: Oh, um, I find the beauty space super interesting. Uh, it's a little bit more personal than even the fashion space so if I had to run another e-commerce company it'd be around um, beauty but if I weren't in e-commerce it would probably just be another fashion designer with a brand trying to make it out there in the same way that uh, a lot of designers have been trying for so long so I'm glad that I'm doing what I'm doing. So in the beauty space
0: would be you be going after kind of the birch box model or would you be more of kind of a here's my brand let's go for it
1: no I I think the um, like personalized beauty um, on-demand beauty is really interesting so anything kind of on-demand and personalized I'm very interested in
0: excellent so Amanda before we say goodbye would you like to let the listeners know where they can find out about you and your business on the web and social media
1: sure absolutely our website is 19thamendment.com but it's 19th spelled out Social media handle is at 19th Amendment, and it's 190 h, not to be a bit confusing. Um, and anyone can reach me. My email is amanda at 19thamendment.com. And if anyone is in the New York area, we'd love to see you at Fashion Week this Friday and Saturday. And if not, you can always shop the collections online at 19thamendment.com. They're at pre-sale prices for the next 19 days, so a little bit of a discount to incentivize all of our fashionable listeners out there.
0: Excellent. And unfortunately, for those for those listening, this is going to be going live a little bit later than that New York oh, event. No.
1: I'm so sorry. But, oh,
0: no, no, that's not your fault. I didn't tell you. Um, but the good thing is, I'm, I'm pretty damn confident that um, Amanda and her team will be doing more of those events. So watch out for them in yes. a city near you, I reckon. Um, yes. So um, I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can get those at com forward slash 52 or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. So Amanda, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for being so generous talking all about the 19th Amendment experience with us.
1: Thank you, Lily, for having me. And I enjoyed speaking about e-commerce and can't wait to see where we go in the next 18 months. So hopefully we can do a follow up. That sounds like a good plan to me.
0: Wow, it's so clever the way the 19th Amendment is solving problems for two audiences, the new designers who need a route to market and the customers who want to find that brand new fashion that no one else has. And not only do they have an innovative, I can never say that word, uh, business model, they're also pushing new ground with their marketing, but are happy to use traditional media as well. So there's a huge amount for all of us to learn there, especially, I think, from their kind of their mindset and the way they're tackling it all. Now, as one of our subscribers, if you've enjoyed this episode and our other e-commerce master plan podcast episodes, please do share it with your e-commerce friends. It's my personal mission to help as many businesses as possible, which means we need more listeners. Put it on Twitter, Facebook, talk about it over a coffee or a pint. I don't mind. And if you really, really, really like what we're doing, then um, please do put a review up on iTunes because that's a way of taking it, pushing the podcast out to loads more people. Anyway, everybody, have a great week and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the E-Commerce Master Plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.